Praise the Lord. Let's just uh, stand on our feet and pray real quick. I won't, I won't keep you long, standing long. I feel like we've already been standing for a while. So, Father God, we thank you for this, this morning. We thank you for the word that's going to come forth, Lord. I pray that you open every heart this morning. I thank you that, they are, that, that their hearts are ready to receive the seed of your war, word this morning. I thank you right now that it goes into good soil and we see fruit that lasts spring forth from this word this morning lord i pray that you anoint my lips to do what you call me to do anoint me with fresh oil this morning lord i yield myself to you and we thank you for what you're going to do this morning in jesus name we pray amen high five three people and take a seat count three i better hear listen i only heard y'all high five and really soft because i only heard like seven claps out there Yes, I am the student pastor here for Engine Student Ministries, and it's an honor and a privilege. I want to thank Pastor Chuck and Pastor Karen for giving me the opportunity to speak this morning, but I'm not going to give you a youth pastory sermon with a bunch of uh, examples. I'm not going to pie anybody in the face, and we're not going to play any games this morning. Amen? So he called me Pastor Gory on accident. The title of this sermon is called Sever the Head. Sever the Head. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell, tell them heads are going to roll. Look at your other neighbor and say, hey, second choice. <laughs> say, we killing some giants before 2022. I'm going to get right into the word. I'm not going to make you stand because I'm going to do this a little different. Uh, we're going to read through a chapter that's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's 1 Samuel 17. If you know about this chapter, it's the story of David and Goliath. Now, if you're saved or unsaved, everybody's heard of David and Goliath. They talk about it all the time in sports. Whether you've ever read it out of the Bible, they talk about it as a David team versus a Goliath team. We're going to get it right into that. So if y'all follow with me, I'm in 1 Samuel 17. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I'm starting with verse 8. I'm going to skip around a little bit. So sever the head. What am I talking about? I'm talking about things in your life that are so-called giants that should not be there, that maybe are mocking the promises of God, mocking the covenant that God has with you, mocking you, laughing in your face, things that have gotten comfortable to the point that they're almost taunting you, like this, you're going to see that this Goliath is doing, and how we're going to take them out. We're going, this is the last service of 2021, and there are, there are some giants that we're not going to bring with us. And you might not even realize they're giants because you've gotten so comfortable with them in your life that you just think that's just the way it has to be. But I have a news flash. When Jesus came, everything changed. Nothing is just how it has to be anymore. It has to be what he said. Amen. Amen. Do you agree with that? Amen. Listen, I'm used to preaching to teenagers that, are, that, that stare at me and, and get on Snapchat the whole time. So um, I'm hoping you guys amen me a little bit better than they do. Okay? Now... They usually say sheesh if it's really good, you know. So, uh, and the, you know, millennials, Gen Z says sheesh. I can't even do it. That's really bad. Can somebody give me a sheesh? sheesh. There we go. All right. Look, Miss Tina's, <laughs> Pastor Tina has it. Millennials say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And all my boomers and up, what do we say? Amen, preach it, right? Come on. Can I get an amen, preach it? All right. 1 Samuel 17, starting with verse 8. Goliath stood and, and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. So if I, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but basically what happens between there is David's three older brothers, they had joined Saul's armies to fight, and, and three of his older, older brothers did that. And David went back and forth to help his father Jesse. Now we skip down to verse 16. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. If he's strutting, he's gotten comfortable. He's gotten to the point where he thinks he has it in the bag. He's gotten to the point where he thinks it's just a matter of time before I defeat the, the, this, the, this nation of Israel. It's just a matter of time. He's strutting. He's got comfortable. And, and so we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Jesse sends David with bread and cheese for his brothers who were in battle. And Jesse is David's father, if you did not know. 
not Mr. Wyndham, but uh, David's father. David leaves his sheep with another shepherd and goes to see his brothers in battle. Now, you could preach off of David being responsible and, and leaving his sheep with another shepherd, but that's not my message today. 23, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. This triggered something in David. You're going to see in a second. Verse 24, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. So, so, so the, voice, the, the, the voices of, of fear and unbelief are usually the most popular voice. They're usually the majority. They're usually the majority. The ones that are scared, the ones are not, are, that, are, that are scared to fight, the ones that are afraid and run away, that's the majority, okay? But what is right is seldom what is popular, and what is popular is seldom what is right. There's a remnant of people of faith that God wants to use. It's not always what everybody else is doing. It's what the Word of God says. The natural reaction of a human being against something that's greater than them. If you've seen a grizzly bear, if you saw an 18-foot allig- alligator... We got alligators, right? We don't have crocodiles. What am I talking about? I'm from South Carolina. I, we got alligators. Crocodiles are some in another place, right? A whole other country. Um, alligators. If you saw a crocodile too, I mean, come on. Might as well. You would run, most people, in a zigzag pattern, right? I know that much. <laughs> or shoot it, which most people would do here because you pretty much stay, uh, you know, you got, you got something on you. So... This is the free country of Florida. So the natural reaction is to run. But, but let's keep going here. He, he, it it says, have you seen this giant? The men ask. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give the man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. I'd give it a shot. I don't know. I mean... David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? This is David talking. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? Other translations say, who is this uncircumcised, non-covenant Philistine anyway coming against that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Now, I want you to see something that, that we need to realize as Christians. If you don't get anything... From what I say today, pay attention for the next 60 seconds and then just zone out, okay? Just kidding. All right, so where did God, and I know I'm not finished with the scripture all the way, and most of you know it. I want you to look for where God commanded, came down explicitly, sent an angel, sent a voice, and told David, go attack the giant. Because if you look through the scriptures, he didn't come down and have to slap David upside the head to attack this giant that was disrespecting him, mocking God, mocking the things of God. He just knew in his heart, anything that comes against my God, anything that comes against and comes on my territory and mocks my God and mocks the promises of God, it is not allowed to live. Say, it's not allowed to live. It's not allowed to live. It must not be allowed to live. And my question to you today, what are you allowing in your life that mocks what God said in his word? What are you allowing in your life that mocks what God said in his word? Because are you allowing the enemy to mock the promises of God over your life to the point where you, you know, you believed it when you were on Sunday service, but maybe Sunday afternoon something came and, and you heard something, you heard a message. My marriage is going to be restored. God's, is, God's a redeemer. God forgave my sins. God, God healed my body. You hear the, everything. You get encouraged. You walk out and here comes the giant. Here comes the voices. Here comes the doubt and unbelief to tell you it's not true. And sometimes we, we, we get so used to this pattern of up and down and up and down in our life that we get comfortable with it. We think that's just the way it has to be. And it's mocking. They're becoming, th- these are things that we're letting get comfortable. They're taunting us. They're strutting across the land like the giant Goliath was doing. Becoming strongholds. What have you let become a stronghold in your mind to think that's just the way I always am going to be? I'm never going to be good at this. I'm never going to be smart enough. I'm never going to be healed from this. This is just my life. That's not the way it has to be. It's things that define you. And are you waiting on God to tell you to do something about it? Are you seeking his voice and his word? Because I have this right here. This is God's voice. This is God's word. Yes, God speaks to his Holy Spirit. But listen, if you eat some weird food and take take a, 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 a nap and you get this dream and you never read this word, you might hear something that's not in this word and you think it's the Holy Spirit. It has to line up with the word of God or it ain't God talking. 
Now, the Holy Spirit, here's the thing. I got the word of God that's good for everything and everybody. And I've got the Holy Spirit that's going to give me the details for my own life. That's the way it works. The Holy Spirit, you know, excuse me, the word of God never told me to move to uh, 317 Alvarez, which is not where I live. So I wasn't going to tell you my address, but wherever my, it doesn't have my address in here. What does it have? It has things that go, that are promises and covenants that I can live my life by. And everybody in this room that's a believer can live their life by that. But you get in, then you get in tune with the Holy Spirit, and he gives you the details. Say the details. The Holy Spirit has the details. That's why you, you, can't, have bo- you can't have one and not the other. you gotta, you got to have both of them. But I've got to, listen, if I'm trying to hear his voice, I've got to start seeking him in his word. Because this is his voice. Listen, God spoke all this to you. i got a fresh new Bible I grabbed. I've been teaching out of these. Uh, I teach Bible here at Harvest Academy. It's a blessing and an honor to do that. And, and we use these NLTs. They're great. Uh, Bibles here, but I got to grab me a fresh one just for this sermon here because my other one's falling apart. Okay. So, um, but that's the primary way God speaks through his word. And he's told you in his word, how to destroy the things that mock him. So you got to seek those things out. What does he say about sickness and disease? What does he say about poverty and lack? What does he say about my marriage? What does he say about how to love my wife? What does he say about, about anything in life? It is in his word. That's where it starts. You've got to use this. This is the sword of the spirit, baby. This is a weapon right here. It's the sword of the spirit. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But here's the, here's the thing. Let's keep going to verse 27. And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's older brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. He said, what are you doing here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep? You're supposed to be taken care of. I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. See, see, he, he, he's, he's talking him down. First of all, it was a close person to him. It was a family member. Sometimes you ain't got to tell everybody everything about your life. Even if they are your family, they don't need to know. If they're full of doubt and unbelief, I, I, can, I can skip over you learning, knowing about what I'm about to do with my life. I can skip over you even praying for me if you don't, if you don't have the faith that I need to be healed. Amen. And we got to get a hold of those things because there's going to be voices. They don't, not everybody has to know every little thing. Even your family. This was his oldest brother. He should have had his back. And now he's lying on him too. He's saying, I know your pride and deceit. David is not a prideful person. David was not a deceitful person. He's lying on him. He's telling things that aren't true. He said, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. You just got a few sheep. There's no way you're going to take out this giant. Get out of here. There's always doubters, always non-believers that will open their mouth and give you their opinions. Y'all know what opinions are like, right? I'm going to give you the clean version. Opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody has one, and most of them stink, okay? There's another word. I won't use that. This is my first time preaching on a Sunday morning. I don't want to blow it, okay? So, but I'm talking about insecure people that come in your life, and they don't want your shine to be bigger than their shine. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about those people all the way to people who, who are Maybe they think they have the best intentions from you, but they're projecting their past negative experiences, their past losses, their past defeats, because they couldn't get a hold of what God said in his word, and they're telling you, trying to discourage you, because they don't want you to feel the hurt they've felt. But there's something greater that God wants to do. He wants to push you through that. And, and here we go. Even, listen, that's what I'm telling you. Your family members don't have to know everything. Matthew, even Jesus dealt with this in Matthew 13, 58. It said he did not do many miracles because of their unbelief. Not that he would not, but he could not because of the unbelief of the people that were familiar with him. I don't need familiar people with unbelief knowing about what's going on in my life. I just need to hook up with God and hook up with some faith-filled people. That's why your, your circle might be small, but your circle has to be full of faith. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go to verse 29. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. 30, he walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. See, when you have great faith, great men, powerful people, when you're bold, they'll, they'll, they'll send for you. And that's what happened here. Don't worry, David says this, don't worry about this Philistine. Say this Philistine. Say this Philistine. All right. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. Bold faith in God, vocalized, spoken, open your mouth and say it, is the initiator 
for victory to manifest. Now, I know the world has turned manifestation into this thing. Even they got the Gen Z buying crystals and hoping things will manifest now. And you guys that are maybe older here, you know when the, they had books about the law of attraction and speak things into existence. Manifestation, meditation, all these new age beliefs are perversions on what the Bible actually says. When you speak things into existence via the word of God, that's manifestation and that's biblical. It's biblical. When you, when, when you meditate on the word of God, I'm not talking about with my hands like this and floating off the ground. I'm talking about it going through my mind every day, all day. That is biblical. Now, the world can take it and try to make it something else, and sometimes those things will manifest, okay, because the devil can, can trick you. He's, that's basically what he does. That's all he does. He doesn't really have much power other than deception. But the, the faith that you have in the word of God vocalized, spoken, is the key it's the initiator. It's the igniter for victory to manifest in your life. See, this is what David did. He spoke it out before he went to fight. He said, don't worry about this Philistine. I want you to look at everybody else called him. They didn't call him this Philistine. They called him the giant. Have you seen the giant? Have you seen the Philistine champion? Have you seen this big dude? But David said, this Philistine, I ain't even worried about him. I'm not addressing his height. I'm just addressing that God is going gonna, is gonna to walk me through this victory. And that's how we have to be. See, this shows how little he thought of Goliath and how great he thought of God. And sometimes, listen, if your faith is not in order, don't open your mouth and speak the doubt. Don't get in agreement with the doubt and the, and the fear. Don't get in agreement with the majority. Get in agreement with faith. You know, an angel came, since we're in the Christmas season, I'll throw a Christmas thing in there for you. Elizabeth and Zacharias, the mother and father of John the Baptist. She was old. She wasn't supposed to have any kids. An angel came to Zacharias, a, a, a big old scary angel, because we know every time an angel comes, it doesn't come like a, a, a chubby baby in a diaper with, with, with a bow and arrow with a heart on it. That is how we've tried to make angels. But angels are very intimidating things, because every time in the Bible you see somebody come up on an angel, they have to say, don't fear, don't be afraid. So angels are these intimidating beings. So he comes, and, 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 and Zacharias, so full of doubt, says, but she's old. There ain't no way we're going to have a baby. So what does the angel do? He says, I'm going to shut your mouth until the baby's born. Sometimes you've got to tell your own self to shut up, okay? Look at your neighbor and tell him to sh- No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself to shut up because you're going to talk your, your way into doubt, into fear, into unbelief. You're going to get in agreement with the giant. And you've got to hush yourself up. Because we like to magnify the problem, this generation. We love to talk about it. We love to have conferences about it. We love to just talk it through. But the thing that needs to be magnified is the Lord. Say, magnify the Lord. It doesn't make God any bigger. When you take a magnifying glass, you take a microscope to something, the thing doesn't grow. But your perception of it and your focus of it gets, your focus gets on it and your perception gets bigger of it. And nothing else is seen. You stick your eye in that microscope. I don't see nothing else. Somebody can come behind me and knock me upside the head. But all I'm seeing is that thing as big as possible. You've got to learn to magnify the Lord. Magnify the solution, not the problem magnify the solution not the problem and here's what happens when you magnify the problem even in little tiny comments like yeah i'm ugly yeah i'm fat yeah i'm stupid you say stuff like that and and you project it on your kids and we're going to deal with that in a minute and now you got a whole family full of mess me and my wife were at the park this is probably about a year ago dude was playing with his son calling him fat as he was jumping off the jungle gym kid wasn't even fat and then projecting all the uh all the, the things from the past, like, when I was your age, I was an athlete, and you're, look at you, chubby, you've been playing too many video games. That is, is, is terrible. Why do we open our mouth to say such stupid things? Why do we do that? If you're doing that today, cut that mess out. Quit projecting it on, deal with your problems and don't try to spread it to everybody else because that'll spread like a virus through your entire family. When you magnify the problem and not the solution, you diminish your perception of God, you squash your faith, and you, what, you, what it tells me is you don't really want to win this battle over this giant. You want to just entertain it. Demons love to be comfortable and entertained. Evil spirits love that. Strongholds love that. But we've got to magnify the Lord, and David wrote that. David knew. So I'm going to keep going. Verse 33, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Ridiculed 
told him there was no possible way. You're only a boy. Be little. He's a man of war since his youth. Great, made, made the Goliath greater. More doubt, even from the expert of the land, the so-called expert, Saul, a man of war, a commander of the army, the king who should know all these things, is selling David. There's no way. But see, the next thing is key. But David persisted. Somebody say persisted. David persisted. He persisted. This Bible is a Bible full of persistence. You've got to persist. I press on towards the goal for the prize. And let us not grow weary of doing good. Right? Because in due season we will reap if we do not give up. We cannot give up. If we do not give up, we will win. We will reap. The woman with the issue of blood, if you know the story, she persisted through the crowd, risking her life, risking her social status, risking basically getting stoned if she went out there. She was weak. She had tried everything. She had went to every single doctor. And for many years, she could not. She had spent all she had. She could not find a solution. She persisted through the crowd, and she put a demand on the anointing on Jesus. And she said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She had to persist. There's a persistence. We have people like Paul in the Bible who was persistent to do what God called him to do. Maybe you're, maybe you're, you're fighting uh, 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 against a, a giant who's, who's intimidating you and telling you you cannot achieve the God-given dream that's in your heart. Paul was, was, was preaching. God told him, you're going to preach to the nations. You're going to travel and spread this gospel. He preaches in a, in, in a city. An angry mob comes, stones him, leads him for dead, drags him out to, to the, the outskirts of the city. What did Paul do? He got up and went back into the same city, finished doing what he was supposed to do, and left. You got to go back in there. Sometimes you get knocked upside the head, but you don't give up. You cannot give up. You have to persist. Persistence means I don't stop. When you stop, it ain't persistence anymore. You've got to persist. You've, it's got to be a faith with bulldog tenacity. We were talking about pit bulls this morning. The national, not a national dog. So what would you call the, the dog? If the, if the city, you got a national, you got a state dog. If you had a dog of the city, it would either be here in Cluson, it would either be a chihuahua or a pit bull, Okay. Both of which I don't, do not enjoy because I grew up in the 90s where they told you they would run specials on the TV. Because you couldn't, you couldn't on demand nothing back then, right? Unless you wanted to rewind a VCR tape, okay? Some of y'all know what a VCR is in here. I'm, I'm, it makes me feel old. But um, anyways, they'd run specials. They'd tell you things like pit bulls will turn on you in the middle of... They just got that, that, that pit bull nature, and they'll just turn on you, and they'll just eat you, like, in the middle. Just, just you know, you didn't do nothing. They just come and attack you. Who's ever heard that in their life? Just me? Okay. No, a few. And then you got, they told me, I remember I was in, like, second or third grade. I just saw a special the night before. It said, killer bees are going to be in America. They're in Mexico right now, but they're coming to America. And by 1998, you're going to all be dead, basically. And I was like, Wow. I was like, I hadn't even had a girlfriend yet, and I'm going to get killed by a killer bee. It's terrible. But they, <laughs> that was the stuff we'd watch on TV. Great, right? But what I'm saying, a, a bulldog, a pit bull, they bite, and they don't let go. You put a rope in front of them, they don't let go. That's the kind of thing. That's how i got to hold on to, to, to the word of God. I can't let go of it. I don't care what shakes me, what pulls me. I saw a pit bull come uh, uh, over there by the gym. I was going to the gym. This SUV drives by. It was, you know, it was kind of off the ground about this, high off the ground. Not the pit bull, but the SUV. And, and I see this woman, like, swatting at this SUV under the bottom of it, and it was a pit bull hanging onto the frame of the car, biting it as it drug it about 20 feet. Yeah, that's the kind of, that's how we got to be about the word of God. We've got to hang on to it. I don't care what, what kind of mess we got to go through, what kind of voices we got to hear and, and, and turn off. We've got to hang on to it. I'm going to tell you about my personal testimony. Maybe you don't know, but I'm going to hit this real quick because I think you need to know. I'm not just preaching this because I heard somebody else say it. I'm preaching it because I've lived it out. I'm going to tell you about my wife. She didn't know I was going to talk about her. So my wife... First of all, I'm going to skip. I'm going to go from the end and back to the beginning. We were not supposed to have children. And maybe some of y'all know this testimony. But yet we hold a miracle in our hands named Sailor Rain Scarlet. Nothing wrong with her. Perfectly fine. But let me go back a few things. We had to work our faith. My wife had a revelation on healing that was very simple. 
It was God wants me healed, so I'm going to be healed. The word of God said I could be healed, and I'm not putting up with anything that tells me I can't be healed. So, have you guys met Chris? Uh, the one that's, he's in the Vanguard internship here. He's a great guy. He's from South Carolina too. We were actually going to the same church for, for a while. So um, he was there. We were painting a youth room, okay? Painting a youth room. All these people from the church were together and we took a break and my, everybody wanted to go to Chick-fil-A. Now, my wife in the past had a severe allergic, allergic reaction to peanuts. He had a, she had a really bad peanut allergy, even to the point where she walked into a Chick-fil-A one day had a severe reaction when she was younger, and they basically had to uh, uh, get the Chick-fil-A legal team involved because they had not d- properly displayed peanut oil would, was in everything. If y'all didn't know, peanut, they cook with peanut oil, uh, the chicken at least, right? So they, in, in return, they give her a, a Chick-fil-A free for a year. <laughs> so I guess she can eat ice cream and they'll have to bring it out to her in the car because... I don't know. They, they guess they thought that was a good idea. Maybe just her family was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you have your reaction. We'll just take this free Chick-fil-A, okay? We don't really care. But we were there, and everybody wanted Chick-fil-A, and my wife said, you know, if Jesus wants me healed, if he died on the cross for me, and he took a beating for my healing, then I'm going to believe that I'm healed and I can eat this Chick-fil-A sandwich. Now, I was not married to her at the time, so my faith did not hook up with hers, and and, and or my lack of faith or not, but I was like, you are kind of crazy right now. There's no EpiPen in sight. There is no, I'm about to crank the car up and take us, take her to uh, the hospital if need be. I mean, I'm like, we're all there, like, you know. But Chris was there. He laid hands on her, and he said, all right, we touch and agree. We believe you're healed in Jesus' name. All right? So, and he don't even remember this story. I told him the other day. He's, he's prayed for so many people. First of all, he's a real deal. Y'all need real deal people in your life? Chris is a real deal. He really believes what he says. He's not just some fly-by-night guy. So we got a good dude, Chris, coming here. Okay, anyways, I don't know if he's watching. Hey, Chris. But um, she bites into that sandwich. No issues. And, and, and she's been eating Chick-fil-A ever since. Way too much, okay? But she's healed, all right? I'm talking to the point where they had to. Amen. Now, that may seem little, but she was dealing with something else at the time, health issues. She was having seizures, grandma seizures, and small seizures that I would be in the bed sleeping. I would just see her, like, start shaking, and I would just go up beside her, and I'd just say, Jesus, and I would just hold her. And, and when she was in high school, she had a seizure, and basically, they didn't know she was having a seizure, and she was on the ground. Basically, for a few minutes, they said they couldn't find a heartbeat on her. But she came out of that, and she dealt with those seizures, dealt with the medication. And, and I'm not talking against medication, but if you're addicted to it and, that's, and, you, and, 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 and you think you, you have to have it to survive, that's not a good place to be, but I'm not going there. But she, she said she was trying to get out of that. She said, I don't like the way this medication is making me feel. I'm getting fatter. I'm getting moodier. I'm getting whatever. Sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> she said that. I didn't say it. She said that. So... She's going through this, and, uh, you know, even to the point where she got in a car accident, you know, somebody gave her a car like a week or two before the car accident, but she could not see. She came up on some red lights at night, and it just caused a car accident. But, I mean, I came home one time, and she, was, she would text me sometimes these, these texts, and they would just be like jumbles of letters, and I knew something was wrong. I had to go home. One thing I never did when I walked in there, I've seen her on the bathroom floor. You come home from work, you're running home, you're rushing home, and you get in there, and, and she's on the floor seizing, and you're sitting there, and I don't say, Lord, please don't let her die. I don't say, Lord, she's going to die. I never said she's going to die. I never said, I hooked my mouth up. I said, first of all, I said, Satan, get your hands off my wife. I said, Satan, get your hands off my wife. And then I said, I speak healing to her body in Jesus' name. I never, even though I had thoughts in my mind, man. I might lose my wife. I'm not, we're not going to deal with, this is rough. What happens if she's driving? What happens, how are we going to, how are we, if she gets pregnant, how are we going to get through this? I mean, what if she has a seizure while she's, all these thoughts are going through my, my, my head, but I never open my mouth to get in agreement with that doubt and unbelief and that fear. You've got to be that way. And, and over time, that wasn't an instant one. Over time, 
She hasn't had a seizure in I don't know how many years. Amen. Give God some praise. This is a simple revelation on healing. But here's the other thing. I'm going to talk about the, the uh, Selah. When we got married, it wasn't long after we got pregnant. And I was like, I was about to pass out, okay? Because you didn't want that to happen so soon. You wanted to enjoy it for a little bit. I'm not saying I don't enjoy it now. It's just way different for all you young married or dating couples. Once a kid comes in, life changes, okay? You got to reorganize your life a little bit, all right? But um, we were told we had miscarriage after miscarriage. It was a miscarriage the first time. It was even to the point where we'd, we'd even go see ultrasounds and then the miscarriage. And, and, and even to the point where spiritual leaders in our life told us, you're going to kill yourself trying to get pregnant. People we had trust in spiritually. We had, we had do- of course, the doctors told us you need to look into adoption. Then it finally got to the point where they told her something. Well, she was at work and she had this bleeding issue and she rushed herself to the hospital and they told her, we need to do a blood transfusion. We need to look into taking your uterus out and uh, not going to give you, you know, you can't have children without a uterus. I don't care what uh, um, they tell you in, 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 in school. You know, I, I see pregnant men all the time, but some, somebody got a uterus in there. Okay. What they're trying to tell people. You got to have a uterus. <laughs> Don't post that online. Don't quote me on that one. Quote, Pastor Corey, hashtag NHC. You got to have a uterus. Okay. <laughs> but you had to have a uterus to have children. And, and we were getting ready to go and do a youth camp. She was going to lead worship. I was preaching at it and leading a youth group. She was leading worship. This is back when we were in South Carolina. And she decided, we, she comes to me like, what are we going to do? What do we need to do? And we were basically, we hooked up our faith and we say, what can we do but praise God through this? We're going to do what God called us to do. We're not going to let anything stop us. We had a word, and especially her, she had a revelation. She's going to have children, nothing against uh, adoption, but she was going to have a child that was her DNA and my DNA. And she was going to have that child, okay? And, and she had that revelation, and she said, no, we're going to do it. She prays through that, prays so hard that her feet swole up. She had the worst cankles you've ever seen in your life, okay? And her shoes would not even, she couldn't even find a pair of shoes that would fit her feet. She was praising hard because we, listen, youth camp, you got to go for it, right? That's the kind of thing we were doing. And we got back from that, and the doctor said, she went to see the doctor. First of all, we had a nurse there that was like, for many years, she was on, on uh, helping us at the church there, and she basically said, She's like, you need to calm down. You need to chill it out for a little bit. And my wife, even to her, said, and she was a, she was a faith-filled woman, was like, I'm gonna, we're going to do what we got to do. But, you know, she got a rest and stuff while she was there in between the sets, but the worship sets. But we got back, and the doctor said, I don't know what. We're going to hold off on that blood transfusion. We're going to hold off on that, on that uh, surgery that we told you about. We're going to hold off on that. I don't know what happened, but we're going to hold off on that. I know what happened. How many of you know what happened? God healed her. Jesus healed her, and she, that healing manifested. And we, but it wasn't long after that, we got pregnant, no issues. They put her in high risk because of the, 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 the previous miscarriages. And, and guess what they said? They said, I don't know why y'all are in high risk. You're kind of wasting your time here, but you know, this is a healthy baby. Nothing's wrong with this baby. And, and that's how God works. Listen, I don't care. Listen, I, we had to turn off all the voices, even face the situation right there to our face and kill that giant that was doubt and unbelief. We just, we persisted like David did. And you have to have that kind of faith. Now, let me finish this scripture here. Verse 34, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion and a bear come to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If an animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. You have to start taking on the lion and the bear. You have to stop getting comfortable and realize the lion and the bear are building blocks to my faith. I can, listen, 
How are you going to, listen, you got more trust in Tamiflu than you do in Jesus. You won't believe God to heal you from the flu. And then when, when, if, if somebody gets cancer, you want to, you want all of a sudden him to come through with cancer. Why don't you believe God for the little things? You won't believe, you want God to, for your parents to get saved, for your spouse to get saved. Why don't you go witness to, to the little five-year-old nephew? Get him saved. We're going to start building, building blocks of faith. I'm going to start building, building blocks of faith. I'm not going to let fear creep in because I'm going to build something up. I'm going to believe God to pay off that, that, that credit, that, that, that smallest credit card first and then we're going to pay off all them student loans i'm going to believe the small things the little things see the bible this is the lion and the bear you ain't going to be able to have the faith of the goliath if you if you get comfortable with the lion and the bear beating you up all the time that's what david had to do he had to take out the lion and the bear now here's the thing oh man if you don't have faith for the little things, the big things come and it's going to be very difficult. The Bible says the little foxes spoil the bunch. This, the little things can either be building blocks or like a virus that spreads through of doubt and unbelief. You could, you let God, you, or you let the devil beat you up. You never trusted God on anything. You thought everything was just the way it had to be. And now your whole life is full of doubt and unbelief and complacency. You have to fight through that. You have to persist. Even if, if it's a lion, a lion and it's not a giant... It's, if it's mocking God's word, I want the whole God. I'm like my wife. The lion was heal me of a peanut allergy. The giant was you ain't never going to have kids. We need to take your uterus out. Either way, she had faith, and that was a building block, a stepping stone. That's the way we have to live our life. Anything that goes against God needs to die. Sever the head of the giant. It needs to die. David recounted the victories from the past. Don't recount the defeats from the past unless it's a testimony. Don't bring up the mistakes that are under the blood. Recount the things that God delivered you from, the, the victories in your life. And if you're like, I don't have any victories in my life, the fact that you're here today is a victory. The fact that you're alive and breathing is a victory. The fact that Jesus saved you from hell is the biggest victory of all. We go on, Saul attempts to put his armor, armor on David, but it didn't fit. The expert's way didn't work. David picks up his five smooth stones and a sling. We go to verse 41. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. So he walked through all the voices, and now the situation, the giant itself, is mocking him. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled today, the Lord will conquer you. And I will kill you and cut off your head. Say, cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. You see, David's mouth got in agreement before he went in and attacked. He spoke that out. He vocalized that. Why is that important? Why was that the first thing that came out? Because what's in you comes out of you. See, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat his fruit. The more you think on something, the more likely you are to speak it. When you speak it, you get in agreement with it. When you get in agreement with it, it manifests in your life. So you do not need to speak doubt and unbelief. You don't need to let your thoughts overwhelm you. The Bible says think on these things. It gives you a list of things to think on. It gives you the word of God to meditate on. You have to take those thoughts captive because when you get squeezed, what's in you is going to come out of you. And David had the word of God in him. David had faith in him. And when he was squeezed in this situation, faith came out of him. Amen. Here's the thing, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I think there's some people in here, maybe your thoughts are overwhelming you. Maybe you deal with, with, with doubt and unbelief or, or even insecurity in your own mind, fear in your own mind. You've got to do this right here, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses or strongholds. All right, maybe most translations say strongholds. These are fortresses that hold things in your mind, okay, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? The Word of God. Anything raised up against what I know from the Word of God, it, I have the power, according to the Word of God, to destroy it. Not to, not, to, not to think a different thing, but to completely destroy it, to obliterate it, to take it out. 
And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Like I said, your thoughts can go one way, but your mouth can never agree. And you cannot let your thoughts overwhelm because they'll eventually come out of your mouth. You have to get your faith in order and get your mouth in order. Thoughts don't have to become sin, unbelief, doubt, agreement. You can stop and make them obey the word of God. Take them captives. Kidnappers don't ask nicely. They don't say, they don't go to you at Walmart and say, hey, um, excuse me, ma'am, I have a trunk right here. I'm going to pop it open. I am kidnapping you, by the way. I just wanted to let you know. Go ahead and clear, get that out of the way. I've got a pillow in there. I've got some sheets in case you get cold. Uh, if you would, just so we can make it this thing easier, I'm going to duct tape your hands and feet. So would you just hand, come on in here. I'm kidnapping you, okay? And listen, it, it's okay if you don't want to get kidnapped today. And that's how we treat the devil and the lies from the enemy. It said, take them captive. I'm grabbing those thoughts. I say, hold up. I'm making you, listen, I'm going to make you obey what the word of God says. You have to make them obey. You have a choice. The choice is yours. Whatever comes at you is not what has to stay there. You have the authority and the ability and the power through the word of God to destroy those opinions, to destroy those speculations, to destroy anything raised up against the knowledge of God and to make them a captive. I'm not a slave to sin. Sin is a slave to me. I'm not even... Sin is a slave to Jesus. Amen? Sin is a slave to the power of the blood. Sin is, is nothing to the believer. You have defeated it. You have, and all those things, I'm saying sin, but unbelief, fear, insecurity, anything you want to list that is in this word, that, 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 that it come, those, this word is against, you don't have to put up with. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the, violence take it by, the violent take it by force. Verse 48, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran to meet him. David ran to the problem, not from it. Faith without works is dead. He didn't just say it, but he put action to it. You cannot conquer what you won't confront. The victory is guaranteed, but you have to be willing to fight. And if you won't quit, you can't lose. If you won't quit, you can't lose. All the enemy's trying to do is trick you, discourage you, get you to stop. Because when you stop, now you can become a loser. But if you won't quit and you persist, you cannot lose. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling, hit the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank in. Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over, pulled out Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Say, cut off his head. Pastor Gory, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. You got to recognize the problem and speak to the problem. Matthew eleven twenty three says, speak to the mountain, be thou removed, and it'll be moved for you. I'm going to speed up here. The word is your solution. Focus on the solution. Joshua 1, 8 says, meditate on the law, on the book of instruction, day and night, and you'll be successful in all you do. Speak out the solution. This generation likes to talk about the problem, not the solution. It's like we want to have, conver- and I'm on, I, this is where I'm going to make everybody mad, okay, or some people, but get what I'm saying. People want to say, let's have conversations about mental health. Let's just have a conversation. Let's talk it through. Maybe you've been one of these people, so I, I apologize in advance. Not really. Let's have a conversation. Let's, let me go here. Let's have a conversation about racism. And I'm not saying these things don't help a little bit. But these things, listen, there's an evil spirit behind mental health, depression, all those things, anxiety. There's an evil spirit behind racism that's been here since the beginning of time. You see the Jews and the Gentiles, all the people that came against the Hebrews. It's in the word of God. They've been fighting since the beginning of time. And he's sitting there like, oh, yeah, talk about me. Come on, talk about me. You got two people having a conversation. Oh, yeah, let's have this conversation. Yeah, keep talking about depression. Keep talking about mental health. Keep talking about anxiety. I love it. I love it. Y'all keep talking about me. I love y'all talking about me. You got an evil spirit sitting there. You've got to do something about it. And, and listen, the, you have a weapon that the world does not have. You have the power of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the blood of Christ. And there's power in that. And that's what's going to defeat that. These evil spirits, they are nothing. If the devil's under your feet, all his little minions, all his little munchkins are definitely way further under your feet. We love to talk about it. But without Jesus, Jesus is sitting there ready. I want to just smack that demon in the mouth. He wants, to take, he wants you to take the authority and take that demon out. That's what he wants you to do. The Bible gives you ways to defeat these things. 
See, the world operates on a Band-Aid mentality. We're going to put something on, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to cover up and figure out ways to cope. But Jesus operates on a creative, surgical mentality. He's, gonna, he's, he's not just going to leave a scar. He's not even going to leave a scar. He's going to give you brand new baby skin on that. He's, he's not just going to put a Band-Aid on it. He's not just going to sew you up. He's going to give you brand new baby skin. He's into creative surgery. All things are made new. When it said all things, it meant all. God don't say all and, then, and, and, not, and only halfway mean it. He meant all things are made new. That means all those hurts, all those insecurities, all those fears, all those disappointments made new at the moment you receive Jesus. I'm going to give you five giants to slay before 2022 and we're going to be out of here. Number one is insecurity. And, you're, and I've been talking about healing. I've been talking about all these other things that we, we contend for. But if we deal, we got to deal with these five right here real quick. If we deal with these five, all that will fall in line. Insecurity is like bad breath. Everybody knows you has, have it, but you usually don't. David, 17-year-old, extremely secure in God. Jesus, when, when people left him, when people disapproved of him, he didn't care. He actually literally told uh, in one translation, he told the Pharisees this, your approval means nothing to me. Insecurity can stem from undealt with hurt. I want you to take a self-evaluation today. What are you, how are you manifesting hurt? And it may be through an insecurity. If it, your father and mother relationship wasn't right, there's, a, there's something that gets triggered there that you need to deal with. The good news is it can come under the blood. If you never had a father in the home, if you had a mother that, that, that ran you down, if you had a mother that was on drugs, if you had a, uh, somebody that was in the home that was not actually there, amen, you can get that under the blood. you got to deal with that. How's that manifesting? Am I seeking approval all the time? Am I, am, I, am I struggling in my relationships all the time? Name calling when you were young. People called you names. There's insecure men that were called wussies in, in, in fifth grade that are in the gym taking testosterone and dreaming about the glory days when they didn't have a rotator cuff issue. And they, they, they still, still live in there, living in the past, and their whole life is defined by trying to remember the, 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 uh, the, the, the time they should have got put in during the fourth quarter of the state championship. And people live that out. The Kardashians, beautiful women, some of the most beautiful women in the world, Plastic surgery after plastic surgery after plastic surgery. There's been eight different versions of Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson has cheated on all eight. Okay? <laughs> These people are, this is how it's manifesting. Proving that you're smart. Give me, give me four, I got to get four different doctorates to prove because my second grade teacher told me I was stupid. How is it manifesting? You got to deal with it. Anytime you're feeling sorry for yourself, God is not talking to you. God wants you to move forward. Anytime you're feeling sorry for yourself, God is not talking to you. How are these things manifesting? Get them under the blood, not therapy. Words will stick to you unless you stick it to them. The sword of the spirit is your weapon. Use your weapon to destroy the words of the enemy. Amen. Amen. And insecurity will define you if you let it. And it will lead into these other things. There's only one person who can rule over me and define me, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Insecurity will not. People will not. Because of my insecurity, I will not look to people for my security. I will only look to God. I do not need, listen, young ladies, you do not need a man in this house to make you feel secure. Men, you do not need a woman in this house to make you feel macho and feel like you're worth it. God said you were worth it when he sent his son to die for you on the cross. Find your security. Find your identity in who Jesus said you are. Derive your self-worth from God's word. Somebody said you're stupid. You say, no, I have the mind of Christ. Somebody said you don't have a purpose. You say, no, I, God has a plan and purpose for me. God has a future for me. I dwell in him. He dwells in me. I, somebody says you're ugly. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're God's workmanship and God's masterpiece. Your life is not based on what you see, but it's based on what God said. The number two comes, stems out of number one is fear. Fear is a bondage. Fear is a faith killer. Fear is something that God did not give you. That's what the Bible says. God did not give you a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man will do to me. That's the word. If God is for me, who can be against me? That is a sarcastic, smack-talking statement to the devil. If God is for me, who can be against me? I don't care. Throw the best thing you have at me. It doesn't matter. I'm persisting with my faith. Problem is people know more about what's against them than, what's, than who's for them. You've filled yourself up with 
a bunch of YouTube self-help videos. You filled yourself up with a bunch of podcasts. You filled yourself up with a bunch of CNN, Fox News, political stuff, a bunch of garbage, a bunch of music that glorifies your depression, makes you feel good. That's what's, you, you, got, you got to know who's for you and not what's against you. Depression is a spirit, and it comes out of fear. If you're dealing with depression, and by statistics, there are probably at least one person in here that has dealt with it or, or is currently dealing with it. And dealing by statistics, it's a lot. But we don't operate under statistics, amen. We operate under the word of God. Praise the Lord. But you can't medicate a spirit. I'll say it again. You cannot medicate a spirit. You have to deal with spiritual things in a spiritual way. And here's the thing. There's a choice that you can make to break out of it. God gave you a remedy for depression. And it's a praise. God said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So if you believe that, I just want everybody in here for the next 15 seconds to give a praise right now to God. I know we're almost out of here, but give God a praise. Hallelujah, I'm free. Depression does not have a hold over me. Fear does not have a hold over me. I praise God because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that is how you defeat it. When that thing starts creeping in, you say, hold up, take my thought captive, get in this trunk, obey the word of God. Get violent with it. Do not let it become depression. And if it has, you still have victory over it. I don't care how far in. Maybe you're on medication. Maybe you need to go home and flush it down the toilet. That's between you and God. Flush that medicine down the toilet and move forward. And praise. You have to praise for it. Number three, I'll be quick. Complacency. The devil would say, I didn't kill them. I didn't take them out, but I stopped them from ever living. That's how the devil wants you to, life will pass you by, you accept everything that comes, you think it's just the way it is. You're not in control of anything, and you're comfortable with the giant living in your land, uh, taunting you, strutting. For 40 days, the Goliath was there. God will allow what you allow. That's what binding and loosing is about. You choose what you want to come into your life. You bind it or you loose it. When you pray God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you're praying that earth get in line with heaven. So if earth ain't in line with heaven, I'm speaking the word of God over that situation and I'm destroying that giant. You have to pursue the things God has put in your heart. You can't be comfortable with the hurt and attacks from the enemy. You cannot be distracted by the past. The dreams, the, the, the dreams and commands that God has given you are not defined by your past. They're defined by what he said in his word. If God told you a dream, he's going to give you the tools to, pay, to, to, to get that done. God pays for what he orders. He doesn't just tell you you can do it and not provide for it. Go for it and persist. Persist. Don't drop it. There's people in this room, and you say, I'm going to start that business back. I'm going to start that Instagram back. I'm going to start that whatever back. I'm going to get on my diet again. They have a National Quitters Day. It's January 17th. That's when everybody drops their New Year resolution. You can Google it. It's National Quitters Day 2021. It's January 17th. You're not going to do that. You're, I said you're not going to do that this year. I, we're taking out these giants and we're coming in and we're not going to be complacent. We're not going to settle for what the devil threw at us. You got to put, and, and let, me, let me throw this out there real quick. People got prophetic words last week and people got, get prophetic words all the time. They, they are not, listen, not every prophetic word is said and done. So most of them are an, an invitation to go with, the, to, to, to initiate your faith, to step into what God has called you to do. Listen, if somebody told me you're going to preach to many nations and I never left the country, did that mean their prophetic word was wrong or did that mean that I just doubted God and didn't go after it? I disobeyed. Sometimes you can disobey. So just because somebody prophesied it over you doesn't mean God's going to pick you up and throw you like he did Jonah, put you in a whale and carry you over to <laughs> To, to, the, to where you need them anyways. That's a whole other subject. I'm not going there. We got to get y'all out of here. Number four, ignorance. Lack of knowledge will kill you. My people perish. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Knowledge is not hard to get. I'm talking about knowledge in the word of God. You have a question about life. You have a question about a recipe. How, what temperature do I need to cook chicken? You go on Google and you search it out and you find out, oh, I need to turn it at 300 or whatever. I don't know. I have no idea. Don't eat my chicken. But... Who is that actor in that movie? He wasn't he in that other movie? Google, IMDb. Yes, he was in both movies. What does the Bible actually say about healing? I don't know. Okay, move on with life. That's the way we treat it. 
Everything else, we'll go search it out. We'll go Google it out. We'll ask the experts. Why don't you come ask the expert? Why don't you come ask the pastor? Why don't you Google is a start to find the right scriptures? Some of y'all are struggling with these things I mentioned. Get on Google. It's really easy. There's great websites. I know Google is probably not the, the, the company. Google is not the best company in the world. But the Google search engine will get you in the, going in the right direction in the word of God. Use it for your tool. Use it as a tool. Back in the day, Pastor Mark, he'll tell you, he probably had, and he probably still has them. Pastors would have these hundreds of concordances, and I don't think that's the right word. And they would have to go through all these books to find stuff. And they'd have to just search and search and search. But now with a click, you can get there. Find and speak those things over your life. Learn the context of it. Do all that. Study it out. But don't be ignorant. You will perish. God doesn't respond to your emotions. He responds to his, your faith in his word. God doesn't respond to your emotions. He responds to your faith in his word. So I don't care how much you cry, how many tears you shed. The thing that's going to move God, and worship team, you guys can come up. You can come on up. The thing that's going to move God on your behalf is faith in his word. Accurate, not ignorant stuff. You have to know what he said. And God honors his word. He sent his word out. It will not return void. He sent his word out and healed their disease. That's what the Bible says. What is in his word? He will honor his word. He honors it above his name. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant to the anointing. Don't start calling Pastor Chuck Chuck because you're too prideful to, to address him as pastor. I don't care how long you've known him. He's not Chuck. You, Chuck can be the guy that you go hang out with, and he's, he's, he's funny. He's a, good, he's a good dude. But when you're in this building, he needs to be Pastor Chuck. You need to put a demand on the anointing. That's why we call him Pastor Chuck. That's what he, he, He's not going to preach that from here, okay? So I'm doing that for him, all right, since he's not here today. But he didn't tell me to preach that. I'm just telling you. You're going to miss out if you don't put an honor on our pastor. That's ignorance. That'll kill you. That'll destroy you. Number five, deception. And this is my last one. What you see is not always the truth. What you hear is not always the truth. Just because a mega pastor said it from the biggest church in the entire world doesn't make it truth. Just because they're on TV, just because somebody posted it on social media and they got a bunch of followers doesn't make it truth. Just because somebody told you, just because they're an expert, just because they, they have every degree imaginable, it does not make it truth. Just because it, it pops in your head and it makes a lot of sense, it doesn't make it truth. What makes it truth is if it's in God's word. Amen? That's the only thing that's truth. Unless God said it, it's not truth. It's as simple as that. And the devil, all he's been doing since the beginning of time is presenting lies. Sometimes they're even physically manifested in the form of a cancer, in the form of, of, of a broken marriage, in the form of all kinds of different things that you can imagine. But they are lies if they do not line up with the word of God. They are giants ready to be slain if they do not line up with the word of God. Don't call God a liar by speaking the opposite of what he said. When you speak the opposite of what God said and you're in covenant with God as a believer, you're essentially calling God a liar. You're canceling out your faith. Do not do that. I encourage you. Like I said, sometimes it's better just to zip it, right? Now, if everybody can stand on your feet, we're almost here. We're almost done. Don't throw this out there, too. You're not even a sinner anymore. You need to quit saying, I sin every single day. Now you're planning on failing. Shoot for something here. Jesus healed the, the woman and said, go and sin no more. You don't mean, we don't need to make plans to sin. You know, there, there, there's a study on smokers. The ones that quit and the ones that don't. Higher percentage quit than the, the ones that, that, than this, based on this statement here. So they ask smokers, they ask them, when they say, do you want a cigarette? The person that says, I'm trying to quit, that's the person that has a harder time quitting, lower percentage. But the person that says, I'm not a smoker, they have a greater success rate. This is, you can check this out statistically. But don't say, I'm a sinner. You, the Bible says you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're seated in heavenly places. We keep giving the devil too much credit, amen, too much territory too much real estate too much power that he doesn't even have but because we get in agreement with him there's power in agreement now in closing i want you to say i want you to do this 
in a minute. I want you to think about, are, there any, are you dealing with any of those giants? You've got to realize they've got to be severed at the head before we move on into 2022. I'm not taking insecurity with me. I'm not dealing with people's, people's comments. I'm not, car- I'm not carrying that. I'm not taking fear with me. I'm not taking all these hurts from when I was believing for a miracle, but they didn't come through. I'm leaving them behind. I'm realizing I'm moving forward today in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to be ignorant anymore. I'm not going to be complacent anymore. Do you believe that? Come on, get in faith with me. Can we give him some praise speak that out of your mouth maybe i spoke something this morning that that you can speak the word of god to do it right now do it in this moment we will not fear we are no longer slaves to fear we are no longer slaves to insecurity we are free in jesus name i will not be complacent i will hey i'm not waiting on a revival i've got a revival on the inside of me the power of god is on the inside of me to make change in this world I will not take what the devil throws at me, but I'm throwing punches back. He is defeated. All those hurts, all those losses, they can stay in 2021 because 2022 is new. It's a new year. All things are made new. Victory is mine in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I will not believe the lie of the devil. I will not believe the lie of the devil. I will believe the truth and only the truth, and the truth will make me free. I speak over everyone here that the truth sets you free. The truth will set you free. Believe the truth. Believe the word. Believe what God said. Believe the power of his blood over all those situations. We speak against depression. We speak against anxiety. We speak against fear. We thank you right now. They are gone in the name of Jesus. As we praise, they're falling off. We take off the garment of heaviness. We put on the garment of praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Our God is great. Our God is strong. Our God is mighty. Nothing compares to our God. I speak that family members are coming back. I speak that marriages are being restored in faith. The giant that laughed in our faces, we will cut his head off in the name of Jesus. The giant that taunted us for 40 days. The giant that taunted us since we were in in diapers. The giant is coming down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Because you have no rival. You have no equal. Come on, praise him this morning. Say Jesus. 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 The name above every name. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Here's what we got to do. The giants are there to teach you a lesson in faith. They're not there to kill you because you don't learn a lesson in being defeated. I learned a lesson of coming out of defeat. Amen? The lesson of faith, the lesson of persistence, the lesson of endurance. And maybe there are, have been defeats in your life, but that is old news. Say, that's old news. That's the past. That's dead and gone under the blood of Jesus. So we are moving forward into 2022. I want you to know this, and, and I'm going to close with this. Catch this. you gotta take, You got to kill the giants before they take off your family. Do not project... That's why they're important. There are adults in here with kids in your house. There, you're pro- and, and, or, or, or marriages, you're projecting the giant that you're, you've allowed to get comfortable in your life onto your children. Kill it before 2022. Don't expect change if you don't take out the giant. Do that. Praise the Lord. David was a man after God's own heart, but he was also a man of war. What does that tell us? God's heart, yes, there's the love of God. There's the mercy of God. There's the forgiveness of God. 
But if I love you, I ain't going to let nobody mess with you. Somebody start messing with my kid, I'm going to... Listen, I... I ain't going to get into that, but I might mess with my children. I only got one. God's big enough to love all his kids the same, to give you the same victory. Don't think that somebody deserves it more than you. He's big enough. Now you've diminished him anyways. But God's heart isn't to kindly, sheepishly deal with the enemies of God, but to declare war, to cut their heads off, to take out the giants. When it comes to somebody messing with his children, God is a man of war. Amen? So that's part of God's heart. So when we go into 2022, we're going in, declaring war against the things of the devil and killing every giant, severing the head. Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray over you, and we're going to get out of here. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've done this morning, Lord. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for the faith that was, uh, uh, that, that was arisen this morning. Lord, I thank you that this will be a church of faith. Though there may have been defeat, though there may have been lost, though there may have been hurt, though there are people dealing with, with things where they think they'll never come out, the, new, the good news is you're, you sent your son that we can walk in victory, that we don't have to deal with that anymore, that we're moving forward. All the things in the past are the past, and all things are made new. I just speak by faith, everyone in this room right now, that they move into a new year with a new uh, revelation of who you are, with a new revelation that they have the victory in Jesus' name, with a new revelation to know. That the giant doesn't have to stay. No matter how long it's been there, how comfortable it got, how many people got in agreement with it, the truth is the truth, and the truth is what we stand on. Having done all to stand, we stand firm. And we take the sword of the Spirit, and we cut off the head of the enemy. And we thank you right now that it is done. It is so. Bless them as they go. Give them a great rest of 2021. I think if some of them will hurt the miracle they've been believing for in their hand before this year even ends. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. We love y'all. We'll see y'all next Sunday. Get ready for the fast and week of prayer.